Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host as always, Erin Pym. Here at the Bedpost Podcast, what I like to do is bring fun, sexy guests into my bedroom to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. But this week uh, is a little bit different because I'm not actually doing that. I'm just doing an episode a solo. This is a masturbation episode. <laughs> solo sex is happening um so be prepared for tangents um and uh madness um because there's no one um immediately here in the room that I need to be professional in front of (laughs) this is my first episode of 2019 um and I wanted to start this year off with telling you folks some fabulous news about me and my life and it's more than me just telling you news it's actually me bringing um basically my two identities together um my big news is that i have started a pro doming um and if you don't uh you aren't (laughs) acquainted with The short form of that, the long form, is professional dominatrix. This is something that I started, I guess, about a month ago now. And I didn't want to talk about it right away, uh, especially like on the podcast, because I wanted to kind of find my way and figure it out. And before I kind of came back to report about it (laughs) to you guys. Um, Yeah, I wanted something to talk about before I (laughs) talked about it. And um, also, you know, there's a bit of hustle involved, even though I am a house dom, which means I'm a part of a house, an existing house. And that house is the ritual chamber uh, located right here in Toronto. And, um, you know, even though I am part of a house, so all my booking and everything runs by them, through them, um, and more specifically, the headmistress who um, I have interviewed before on the podcast, so please go back and listen to Headmistress Shaharazad. Um, Anyway, this is our, I'm already tangenting. (laughs) what the fuck was I saying? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I was saying why, why it took so long, um, was because, you know, as a pro dom, you, uh, regardless of being with a house or being an independent dominatrix, you have to do a bit of hustle online and you have to create like an online persona. Um, and you have to, you know, be on a web page and have all this information kind of available about you that you've been accumulating and whatnot, um, and tweeting out into the world. So, 
what I wanted to do was kind of have that established before letting this um, audience, this this fan base. <laughs> um, do I have fans? I don't know. I, that's fine. Um, these the people that listen to my podcast. <laughs> let's just say that. Um, I I just wanted to be able to direct them somewhere, and I wanted have to have somewhere to direct you to after dropping this bombshell. Um, so at the end of the episode, um, I will give you uh, my links, all my links and stuff. Um, yeah, Matt suggested, he's like, well, you can be like on the commercials, you can be advertising, you know, your own, you're an entrepreneur, like you're a businesswoman, um, hustling like the rest of the world. He's like, you should do commercials for yourself on your podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I run a lot of commercials. I've got a lot of lovely sponsors. So I will give information, though, probably I'll at, tack it on the end. Uh, when I give all my bedpost links, I'll give my prodoming links. So the, the first question that people <laughs> have about um, uh, this lovely news is how I got into it. Um, and the story is kind of, well... I've been tossing around this idea for a little bit, but wasn't quite sure how I should go about it and, uh, you know, whether I really did want to go about it. I think in the, uh, when I'm, when I'm interviewing Daniel James, who, uh, oh, the heater just kicked on. Can we hear that? I think I'm okay. The Daniel James episode, who is a lovely, um, a lovely uh, content creator. He is a, a porn star, some people might say. <laughs> um, he's an adult um, content creator. I think we talked about it a bit. So I've thinking been thinking about it for at least that long. And um, Matt has been very supportive um, of this idea. And, you know, it's the conversation has come up enough times and that thought, that nagging kind of longing has come up enough times for me to take it seriously, for it to be like a serious option. And another factor was I was not enjoying my job, one of my jobs that I was working anymore, really. Um, and I'd been wanting to <laughs> figure out an exit strategy for a while about that job and basically I was at the point where I was looking around like dungeons to, for rent and trying to figure out financially you know how this could work and I was speaking to you know some other independent doms one um the lovely Lady Henry who um I'm going to be interviewing soon, actually, this month. We're going to set up a, a threesome interview with Bastienne Cross and Lady Henry and myself. But yeah, she was one of the people that I was kind of asking about because she actually just made the move from working with a house to working independently. So she kind of has both perspectives. So I was kind of picking her brain on it. And um, even though starting independent is difficult because you need a client base. That's the whole thing. That's when you start with a house, you know, just like if you're a, se a sex worker, a full service sex worker, and I'm sure lots of other types of sex, sex workers, 
starting with an agency makes a lot of sense because they have a built-in clientele. And if you go to the episode with Whiskey, she talks about this too. Um, she's a full sex, full service sex worker, and she had just moved from working with an agency to becoming independent. So I had a couple people's brains I was picking about this, and going independent right off the bat could have worked for me, possibly, maybe, because I do have kind of a built-in fan base, if you want to call it, but like client base, a potential client base anyways, through all my bedpost stuff. And I actually had received inquiries about whether I was a dom and I was like, no, I'm not. And at at which point, (laughs) maybe a week ago, I kind of just sent out some emails being like, now I am (laughs) to those people. So, you know, either could have been an option for me, but what actually happened was that I just saw like kind of a vague Instagram post by headmistress Shahirsad from the Ritual Chamber. And I know her because I interviewed her and I on the podcast, which you can check out. And also I featured her on the stage show with Lady Henry, because if I did not mention Lady Henry was working at the Ritual Chamber, that was the house she was affiliated with before moving independent. So I was familiar with the both of them. And I wouldn't recommend private messaging a headmistress. Uh, <laughs> unless you are very intimate with them, intimately acquainted with them already. And only if it's a uh, business inquiries would I recommend that. Anyways, uh, so I, I kind of saw a vagueish message that was kind of, I got the impression that she was looking for doms. And I also had the insider baseball information because I know Lady Henry and uh, I knew she had just left the house. So I sent Shahrazad a direct message on Instagram. <laughs> just asking if she was looking if she was hiring because if so you know let's 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 chat about it and she said I would love that she she was the one that asked if we we would if we could chat I was like yes definitely I'm available I love this idea (laughs) uh so you know in a way it kind of happened I had my eyes and ears open and it also just kind of happened. I think the way it happened just kind of happened, even though I was, you know, trying to trying to make shit happen. And then I guess just a, something great came my way. And so I went over to the dungeon, uh, the ritual chamber, which is at um, an undisclosed location. Um in the west end of Toronto. Um, it's very accessible though, um, by subway and whatnot. Um, and we just had a chat. I was there for maybe a half hour and she was asking me about my experience level kind of. And she asked a bunch of questions about the different types of experiences I had had. Now, the second question that people have about me becoming a (laughs) pro-dom is that people 
generally know me for being a sub. And my answer to that is I'm a switch. I like all types of sex. <laughs> I like all types of play. I love doing new things. Um, if I have a kink for anything, I've said this a bunch on the podcast before, if I have a kink, my kink is to do new things. So to kind of put me in that sub box, you know, is, is doesn't quite give you the full picture of, you know, my sexuality and the type of play I like to engage in because I've engaged in lots of different types of play, specifically like in group scenarios. I definitely tend to be more of a top, more of a dom. And also I'm going to tell you something that subbing also teaches you a lot about doming as well. Like I've had the pleasure of I almost said working with, I have, <laughs> this is my first professional venture. Um, that's maybe the third question people always have for me, but I've been in the lifestyle for years, years and years. And you know what? I've had the pleasure of being at the bottom of many a scene with many a top and many a dom. And, you know, I've been just and the heat went off, and hopefully the sound isn't that different. I can hear it, but I don't see that it's registering, you know, on the the uh, sound thing here. Anyways, the, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of different styles. I've been, had the pleasure of being a part of so, uh, so many different scenes, so many different types of play. Um, so I'm going to argue that, yeah, even though... I've been subbing for maybe 10 years and I've been topping and doming for maybe five years. I, I, I think that's all relevant experience. One thing though, which is kind of interesting is that I usually top or dom femmes, femmy people. So that most definitely would be a new thing for me. However, I mean, it's all the same. Um, <laughs> it's really not that different um, after all. So that's not, not anything I really needed to be worried about. It occurs to me that I might want to uh, kind of tell you the difference between topping and doming because they're not the same thing actually basically topping and bottoming just means that the top is doing the thing physically doing the thing and the bottom is receiving the thing so and, and doming is a dominant role in the role play uh in the dynamic of what you're of what you're participating in and the submissive person is um the submissive one. It really has nothing to do with who's doing what in the scene. It doesn't dictate, uh, yeah, what actual action, physical action is happening in the scene. It just means that that those are the roles that you're assuming. So for instance, you can be, um, you can be doing subby topping, which is something I personally love. So for example, painting the picture, um, I had a dom that made 
you know, made in quotes, he forced me to do it um, within the context of the scene, do like a golden shower on him. So, you know, he was a dummy person lying on the floor with his mouth open, being like, you know, just let it go, just pee into my mouth, and me being all subby and cute and being like, I'm nervous. I have my bladder is shy and him being like it's okay just relax you're doing great (laughs) uh and just you know making me pee in his mouth so that's a really hot scene where technically I was topping I literally was on top of the dom doing the thing which was peeing in his mouth and he was on his back on the floor you know Um, yeah, this wasn't even in a bathroom. This was on the floor, (laughs) just in the middle of a room, which is quite funny. Um, usually Golden's occur in a bathtub. Um, and he was literally on the floor receiving my pee into his mouth, yet he was the dummy person in the scene and I was the subby person in the scene. So there you go. So... I'm in the room, in the lovely uh, parlor of the ritual chamber with headmistress Shihira Saad. And she's asking me, you know, do I have experience trampling? Yes, I do. Do I have, you know, experience with corporal punishment? I'm like, I sure do. Do I have experience, you know, on and on and on. And it turns out I've got a lot of, from all my years of practicing kinky shit, I have a lot of varied experience under my belt. Um, you know, they say uh, with doms, you know, you can either be a specialist, for example, Miss um, Bernadette, who is at the ritual chamber. She is a corporal punishment, a spanking specialist. That is her thing. So she does just she does just that, and she does it exceptionally well and that is her area of expertise the other option is you can be a generalist which you know has a lot of a lot of different skills like you know you're skilled in the most kind of basic and advanced forms of play role play was another thing that she asked me about which I was able to give a very enthusiastic yes about um for people that have been listening and following me, you know, I, I have, I do a lot of things on stage. Um, I do burlesque. I have a big, long, you know, acting and performing background. So role play. Oh, baby. (laughs) I got this. Um, and yeah, so she was like, well, I mean, it looks like you would be a fantastic fit. And I was so, so pleased, like beyond pleased. And I came home and I told Matt that, you know, she offered me the job and that here was the pay and here was the general idea of, you know, scheduling. Basically, like I wanted to keep one of my jobs uh, on the weekend she said it's mostly busy kind of in the week. So if I could keep, you know, three days, three or four days in the middle of the week open to take appointments, 
Um, and then I could keep my other job on the weekends that that would be perfect. And I'm like, that is exactly perfect for me. I was able to quit the job that I hadn't been happy at for a while and keep the job that I like. And then fucking big upgrade, um, to my, my in the week job in the week employment. The fourth question I usually get asked is, you know, is it, is it safe? And it is a type of sex work. Um, it is a type of work where I am in a room alone with usually a man. So there's always a risk. But that said, the type of people that the ritual chamber get, first of all, they're vetted like crazy. Most of them have been coming to the ritual chamber for years and also, they're generally kind of subby people, and they're in a very submissive mindset when they're coming into the space. And, you know, obviously, you can't say that there is no risk, but out of all the other types of sex work, it has a pretty low risk, especially types of sex work where you're, like, hands-on. I mean, you know... you. You can be doing phone sex with people. You can be doing camming, a bunch of different types of, you know, you can be sexting, you know, the sexed panther stuff, and you can be selling videos and all types of work where you're not actually touching a client. But as far as a type of sex work where you are actually touching a client in some way, it's pretty fucking safe. And I mean, there there is um, some security on premises and in general it's it's a pretty safe setup and since I'm mentioning the term sex work I do have to say since I am you know uh, currently talking um, about the ritual chamber and its doings and goings-on and uh, what I do as a pro-dom at the ritual chamber, um, I do want to clarify that they are non-sexual services. They are obviously inherently sexual in a lot of ways. Um, not that kink and, um, and fetish have to be, uh, sexually linked for everyone because there are a lot of people that they are, that is not true for, but it is undeniable to say that that the acts that we conduct as prodoms are not inherently sexual in some way uh, for the client. However, there are no sexual, um, like no literal sexual acts happening at the ritual chamber. Um, so yes, there's you know, uh, nipple play, like torturing nipples and, uh, you know, tease and denial and, um, you know, all the usual, the usual, like it's, yeah, all the normal types of doming, <laughs> normal in quotes, uh, there are a thousand ways to dom. Uh, but by that, what I mean to say is like flogging, whipping, beating, um, you know, smothering, trampling, all this all this type of play, um, 
is happening, but there's no intercourse that happens at the ritual chamber, uh, no oral sex, no manual sex, hand sex of any kind. It's all uh, non-sexual doming. So I thought it was important to clarify that before we go on the break. And um, when we come back, uh, after hearing from some of my fantastic sponsors, I will tell you about my experience, my first month (laughs) of pro-doming. So here we go. We'll hear you. We'll hear you. You will hear me (laughs) after the break. Okay, bye. take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Provocateur Images is the official boudoir photography studio of Bedpost. To receive 10% off your next studio session, use the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T. For more information and to see the gorgeous shots that are possible at this studio, check out provocateurimages.ca or follow them at provocateur underscore images on Instagram. Hello everyone, welcome back to the second half of the Bed Post podcast. It's just me, baby! Um, and today I'm talking about some of the lovely experiences I've had in the past month of being a pro-dom. Um, obviously I'm not going to uh, reveal any identities or anything. One of the main things about doing uh, lots of types of sex work is discretion. Um, so of course I'm going to be very respectful of all the parties involved, but I for sure can just talk about it in a little bit of a more general way. So I'm going to do that for you. Um, basically after I got hired, there was a bit of, uh, a general training that happened, uh, from Shahrazad and, a general, you know, laying of the land of uh, where everything is and the facility. Um, 
for those of you who haven't been, I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, you've got your traditional dungeon. You've got a uh, doctor, uh, di- doctor's room. What's it called? A medical. I'm going to say a medical facility room. <laughs> What's it called? Doctor's office. There we go. Oh my god. Um, there is like a, uh, a nursery. Like a, there's an adult size crib for like. Uh, ABDL and whatnot. Um, there is that lovely parlor that I first came in and spoke to Shirazad in, um, and there are like a lot of lovely costumes. And uh, there's a tea set. There's a spanking bench. There's a big mirror in there. Um, there's a lovely little vanity. That room, um, and there's some implements in there as well. Um, that room is like for sissification. Is uh, one of the main things that happens in that space. There, there's a little like schoolroom, like an old school schoolroom, uh, with a chalkboard, uh, with a little wooden desk, like an old school wooden desk and, uh, some lockers. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really lovely. And you all should book appointments with me. Um, <laughs> so my first thing I had to do actually was decide on a name for myself. My God. So my name that I decided on was Lady Pym. As you all know, my name is Aaron Pym. So I'm using my actual last name. And that is because um, for this reason that I'm speaking about it openly on the podcast right now, like I'm not afraid to kind of bring these two worlds together, which for a lot of sex workers, they're not able to do that or not wanting to do that. Um, I... I don't mind. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, of a benefit to me. Um, and I realize that I've like got a lot of privilege that I'm able to do that. Um, that I have the means and support system and white color of skin and, uh, femme presenting and straight presenting. Um, you know, I'm able-bodied, I'm conventionally attractive. There are a lot of things that make me being an open sex worker uh, a lot easier the you know would make that a lot easier for me to be open and I realize that and I'm just going to you know try to be as open as possible but also uh, continue to be as safe as I possibly can because you know just how we were saying before there there is a risk. There's always going to be a risk, even for somebody that who is white and able-bodied and cis presenting and um, all that stuff. Like thin as well is another thing. Um, so anyways, um, like I wrote erotica a while ago professionally. Um, you can find my Amazon page still. And I use my own name for that. And I use my own name for all my bedpost stuff. I've, I do burlesque. I've never had a burlesque name. Always use my own name. So I thought I'm going to use my own name for this as well. So Lady Pym is what I decided. And um, as I said, like some basic training happened uh, at the dungeon before I got started. But the main thing is that I would only be taking clients, you know, that are within my current wheelhouse of skills, right? And what's lovely is for all the house doms is that uh, Shahrazada is offering mentorship um, for new skills that you would like to learn and for, you know, just developing the skills um, and fleshing out, you know, your, uh, all the things you that you that you currently have 
as well. So that's all offered to me in time. But for now, I'm just taking clients based on my, you know, kind of limited-ish skill set. But of course, that will change and I'll grow and learn over time, um, because even pro doms can, uh, can still learn. We can all learn, right? So a bit of training happened and I actually got my first appointment rather quickly. And, you know, as far as it being right in my comfort, uh, level, is that what I'm trying to say? Comfort level. Sure. Um, it most definitely was, it was so much, excuse me, I need some tea. Oh, fuck yeah. I made myself a tea for the second half and I realized that I'll barely be able to drink it because it's not like someone else is talking so I can drink my tea. Um, anyways, and also you, uh, if you know me at all, if I have a kink, it's it's a tea kink. For sure. That or French fries or pugs. So, um... And, and the process when you get a client is like, um, and I know this is probably not exactly what's going to happen in all houses, but for the ritual chamber, basically you, uh, the person has filled out a form, like a very extensive form and the form contains, you know, all the things that they would be interested in exploring in the scene, things, uh, like, uh, physical limits, any hard limits like physical limits are like I hurt my shoulder I have a chronic condition in my shoulder and you know I can't lift it beyond here um, or don't touch my this or whatever and uh, hard limits are all the things that they absolutely do not want to do so like a lot of people say like needles no needles because um, needles are actually a thing that uh, some prodoms are very skilled at And uh, I'm not one of them currently, but that actually is something that I am very interested in mentoring uh, to do needle play. So that, for example, could be a thing that you do not, absolutely do not want to do. So that will be on the form, their general experience level, um, both, you know, in lifestyle and then also with professionals will all be listed there. Um, so just a bunch of like little details that are going to give me a sense of kind of who these people are and what they're looking for and what they're not looking for a hundred percent. So, yeah. So generally she'll, she just gives me a text. She hears that just sends me a text and is like, you have a request for an appointment. Uh, are you available? I say yes. Um, because I'm a new Dom and I want to say yes as much as possible. The, you know, you don't want to have somebody trying to book the new girl and she's never available. Like, that's not a good first impression to make. And also, you know, I'm eager to work and I want to work and I'm going to say yes to everything if I can, if it's in within within reason. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get that many requests, but, you know, I'm going to, for now at least, I'm like, so yes, definitely sent her back a yes. And then she said, okay, great. It's been confirmed at this time. This is how long the session is. I think it was two hours. So I was like, oh, brilliant. Oh my God. Because in in lifestyle scenes, you go for as long as you want. You're never looking at the clock. So two hours is great. A tip if you're booking a professional, one hour is really tight. And most people don't do half hours. Like half hours are insane. And I'll tell you why. Because 
you you first like the first five minutes and for some people they want even 10 minutes off the top where they're just like chatting with you and getting to know you like you may have not even be talking about the scene yet they just want to feel at ease with you and you you're going to do that for as long as it takes them to feel comfortable so there's some time off the top right there that eats into your scene and then the scene happens and then also there's got to be some sort of aftercare that's happening like even if it's like five minutes of just, you know, being silent and doing some deep breaths and kind of holding the person, or, you know, it's them jumping in the shower real quick, you know, after care can look a million different ways. But almost no one is going to finish the scene, put on their clothes and walk right out the door. And they're ready for their day. Like, so there's a, a, a bit of time, you know, on the back end of the appointment that needs to happen. Just so they're ready to yeah right in the middle of a sentence don't mind if I do so I mean when you're thinking about that like ideally you have 10 minutes off the top and at least 10 minutes on the tail end of the appointment so if you're booking a half hour that leaves 10 a 10 minute scene that's insane so for that reason the ritual chamber does not do half hours but I mean, even an hour is tight when you think about it that way. If 20 minutes is gone, no, sound a lot, sounds a lot like math. Uh, it's a 40 minute scene and that's not very long either. I mean, you also, I don't know, for me, I'm just like to, to hear that I had a two hour scene. I was like, brilliant for my first scene. And then the second thing about this first client is that it wasn't just one client, it was two, it was a couple, a male female couple. And the main thing they wanted to do was like, the girl wanted to sub, and the guy kind of wanted to watch and kind of take part a little bit and kind of learn from me. And stuff like that. So I was like, Oh, doming a femme, I've got this like this is, this is like, suspiciously a really good first client. Like, I think this was thrown to me. I think there was some, some, something, something going on where they gave me the perfect client for my first solo gig here. And it was absolutely lovely. Um, The two hours is perfect. Like, literally, when I was just starting to be like, okay, what are we going to do next? Like, I did all the things I kind of made like an outline based on the form they gave me, I made like a little outline of the things that they might want to do. And I confirmed that in our conversation right off the top as well. And I was pretty much right on. It was kind of a a pretty simple scene as far as it was what most people kind of more stereotypically think of as a scene uh, with a dominant, which just included like spanking and flogging and, um, you know, a bit of light torture, like light impact play. And, um, you know, they wanted, you know, some blindfolds and some restraint. And, and that was basically it. And I'm like, again, like, what a nice kind of intro scene to really like, nothing insane right off the top. It was like, okay, I'm so comfortable this is perfect for a first scene. Anyways, I can't say that enough. Clearly, so like four times. And uh, yeah, right at the moment where, where I was like, had I had done all the things basically I was planning to do, I look up at the clock and lo and behold, there's 20 minutes left. So I'm like, fantastic. I'm going to leave them, you know, 10 to 15 to kind of 
aftercare and clean up and get dressed and get all their shit together. And so I'm going to spend, you know, the next five to 10 minutes just doing one final thing, one final, my finishing move. And that's it. I was like, oh, perfect. So it was nice to know that I could fill two hours with ease. It was lovely. They were lovely. Oh my God, they were lovely. And, you know, at the end of it, I was like, oh, I can't believe this is my job. (sighs) So perfect. And then I think like a few days later was the Christmas party. See, I did a really interesting thing where I left my job and started an a new job in the same week, uh, right before Christmas, where they were both having their Christmas party. So (laughs) I got in on the Christmas party of my last job and the Christmas party of my new job (laughs) in the same week. Um, What was amazing about this Christmas party at the Ritual Chamber? It was their second annual kinky Christmas, I believe they called it. Um, And they sold, you know, a bunch of tickets uh, to the capacity of the space. Um, all the house doms were present. There were a couple that weren't just because they weren't able to, but all the house doms are there. And basically it's an event where you can, um, you know, um, meet all the house doms and kind of just socialize with them with the intent that like, you know, you're meeting them to schmooze and to show yourself off so that they will book book you, you know, they'll book you for a private session. Um, But you're not only just socializing and whatnot, you uh, can do 10 minutes for $10 with any of the doms. So a quick little 10 minute scene. And there is like a list of different types of scenes that can be happening, you know, like a spanking scene, nothing too involved, because it's only 10 minutes. So it was like a trampling scene, a spanking, you know, sensory depth, sensation play, like just some, some things that are really easy to accomplish within 10 minutes. And um, the place was pretty packed. You know, people were wearing their fun kink wear. I didn't get booked to do a scene like right off the top. And I was like, it's okay. You know, don't be upset if no one really books you tonight. Like just try to make connections with people and just, you know, have fun. And but oh, Lord, like, I got booked, I think, when I think about it, I think I got booked for 10 scenes that night. So 10, 10 minute scenes. And they were almost back to back. Like, it was great. It was such a great experience. Like I did one scene and then milled around for like five minutes. And then somebody booked another scene and then another five minutes. And then I think the like last eight were pretty much back to back. Like I got a drink, like a drink of water. And uh, somebody was like giving me another ticket. So that was so amazing. And why it was amazing is like, I, I, I don't know how I was able to do this. It certainly wasn't planned. And I mean, in 10 minutes, it's like, how much of a connection can you make? And how grounded can you be? And how invested can you get in 10 minutes? Like you wouldn't think that this was would happen. But I mean, not every scene I felt this way. But like most of the scenes, I felt really connected to the sub and really invested. Like it was at the end of the night, I was like emotionally exhausted. Like I ended up doing mostly trampling, which is like amazing. Like you just, you know, people, there are a lot of people that like feet (laughs) at that party. Um, and that like, 
breath play, a lot of like trampling, you know, trampling and breath play are kind of can 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 be linked for sure, and kind of are, um, you know, mostly. <sighs> yeah, so breath play takes some trust, right? Trampling, trampling does too, because, you know, if you're kind of walking on someone's chest or you got to be really checking in a lot and really on and really, uh, like watchful. And so I, yeah. And, and, and people, the rest of the people can be watching your scene or not watching a scene. Like, as I said, there are different rooms kind of in the ritual chamber. So you're kind of set up in a room. Um, but you know, people can be sitting and watching the other doms got to see me do scenes and I got a lot of great compliments. One of them said I should teach a class on trampling. I was like, what? They're like, that was so sensual. Um, you know, you don't have to be a trampling scene. doesn't have to be a big mean dom just like stomping on your chest and her big fucking boots, stilettos. Yeah. They're like, yeah, she said it was beautiful. She goes, that was beautiful. I was like, oh my God. After I felt so amazing after that party. Like not only did I make a, a lot of great connections with potential clients, it was very emotionally satisfying. Um, and I felt really validated, like having just begun at the ritual chamber, I was able to do my thing in front of like the people that it mattered to do well in front of. And, and they were like, we're really glad to have you aboard. And I was just like, oh, because, you know, I, I knew I could do it. And Matt was like, oh, I knew you could do it. But you still, I've never done it professionally. I've topped and domed a lot of scenes in my day. I've bottomed for even more. Um, I've been doing this a long time and I've played publicly. I've played at parties. Like I've played in, you know, done little scenes in front of a lot of people before and stuff like that. But you just never know. And like, I felt, felt so nice to have that feedback. And it's just coincidentally that that party happened to be happening. Like imagine I started in another time of the year and I just launched right into private sessions and I never kind of really had that feedback like from the rest of the people that worked at the house. And oh, it was just a really, really nice thing timing wise that happened. And then uh, I don't think I got booked for like another maybe week and a half, but it was like, you know, kind of Christmas time. And then I got another private, oh no, I got a duo with Shahirazad. Oh, and I was like, what? I'm already doing a duo with the headmistress. I was like, beyond, beyond thrilled and flattered, even though, you know, technically, professionally, we're kind of peers, like people can go on the website and see my profile and see her profile and book us both. That's totally a thing that can happen. <laughs> but I just felt I was like, I'm humbled. <laughs> to do this scene with Shahirazad. Talking about needles, that was a needle play scene. So it was, um, I kind of got a little mentorship during this scene, which was great. That was lovely. That, and that's really nice to see her work in a private scene. Yeah, great, really great. And then I got booked to do another scene 
privately that was doggy play. Oh my god. And I and it's awesome that I'm almost positive this was why is because I got some pro shots done by provocateur images with Eli from unicorn collaborators um, as my puppy. So I was in my like Dom persona and he had his like leather puppy mask that he made and his chest harness and his chain and leash and stuff like that. So we had these pictures done and they were on the, they're on the website. So that's pretty cool that somebody could see that and be like, yes, puppy play. I'm booking her. Um, she's the only one that has pet play, you know, like in a picture. So that just goes to show you like marketing, right? Like, and they, and, and they have a great little marketing team at the ritual chamber too. Like we had a bunch of, we've had a meeting staff meeting already where they're talking about, you know, what you need to be doing on social media, basically. And it's all very purposeful. So yeah, there, like a tip is obviously like, don't take a picture and show a picture of you doing something that you're not really crazy about that you don't really want to do in scenes. Like, don't take a, you know, don't take a picture of you in your mommy gear. If you don't want to do ABDL, like, and, and, you know, it's just obviously it's, it's kind of common sense. But who knows, like you could be posing with a certain implement in a picture, you know, and not know how to use it. And it's like, don't do that. (laughs) You know, like, you could do that easily without thinking, I'm just saying, or like, you you have this cute idea for a photo shoot, and do it. And then you're like, Oh, wait, I'm gonna get booked based on like, this is, you know, showing people a scene that I can do. So you got to think of it that way rather than just like, what's a great, what's a cute idea for a photo shoot? This would look cute. And it's like, no, this is like a marketing tool showing people the types of scenes that you can do. So yeah, lovely pet play scene, which I love doing pet play. And the sub was an adorable little shy puppy. Oh my God. So cute. Yeah. I've just had some really great experiences as far as my first month goes. And, and I have a a client tonight as well, which is apparently somebody who's kind of uh, been at, been going to the chamber, the chamber, the chamber, going, going to the ritual chamber a lot is like a regular client. Um, so I'm excited to do my scene tonight and God knows uh, what it will. I mean, I've got the form, so I kind of (laughs) know. you know, things happen in the moment, right? Thing you improvise in the moment. And, and I don't know if you guys know, but my husband is an improviser. Okay. He teaches improv. So you're looking at the first lady of improv here. So (laughs) all that said, happy new year, everyone, you know, new year's resolutions may or may not be bullshit, but, um, I mean, one thing I did want for myself in the new year was to figure out what's going on with my employment and to, you know, make a better choice for myself. And I did it like in December. So I ain't got no more resolutions, um, other than to just keep drinking more tea. It's at the point where it's kind of lukewarm. Um, maybe for your new year's resolution, you want to book me as a pro dom at the ritual chamber. So, okay. So here's my information. Um, you can go to, theritualchamber.ca um, slash Lady Pim. Um, if you just, you know, go to the Ritual Chamber website, you can Google it even. And I think uh, our Google um, search 
priority. Uh, I don't know the terminology, but if you just put Toronto dominatrix, like the ritual chamber gums right up in Google, which is super cool. Um, and then you look at the pro doms. I'm there. I got pictures up. I got a profile. I have some testimonials now under my belt, uh, which is amazing. And then I'm on Twitter at the lady pim one. Yes. And then also, um, if you're a Toronto resident and want to uh, see more bed post shit in the new year, I'm just doing the one show a month now. I'm the third Friday of every month at the Social Capital Theatre at eight o'clock. We have a really fantastic January show. Um, one performer specifically. Well, I'm excited about a lot of performers. James and the Giant Pasty. He's a boylesque veteran that I'm very excited about. About. So I'm like burping. I'm burping up my tea as I'm talking about this lovely performer. Uh, we have Den Temin as our sexpert. Uh, they are a an amazing sexologist. You can go uh, back and see me um, interviewing Den. You will see them live in January. I have uh, drag performer Kyle. <laughs> which is an amazing friend of mine uh, doing a Drag King performance. So come out to uh, the Social Capital Theatre in January. The pre-sales will start January 1st. And if, uh, oh yeah, the Sonar Network, please check them out. They're fantastic. Um, that's my podcasting network. Lots of other amazing podcasts. Love them. Um, lots of crossover guests too. So if you like a guest on one podcast, odds are they've done one of the other ones. And you can uh, search by guest on the sonarnetwork.com. And uh, thank you to Stephanie Copeland, who does all my original music. For my podcast. Um, you can check out her stuff at stephcopelandmusic.com. And um, oh, yeah, my uh, Instagram got deleted for the bedpost. So please go follow me at the bedpost show on Instagram. Um, I've got like just over 500 followers. And it's like, oh, it's so sad. Because I had like over 5K followers before my Instagram got deleted. And then uh, and then on uh, Facebook, it's Bedpost Erotica. And I mean, that still has all the followers um, that I, I have accumulated, but I'm kind of thinking they will fucking delete that too. So sad. And who knows, Twitter may not be, we may not, like, we're, we just had a staff meeting where, you know, we're making all these Twitter profiles, like the place where all the ritual chamber prodoms are kind of all together is on Twitter at the Lady Pim One, and you know who lo- who knows how long we'll still have that. But for now, we do. So yeah, thanks for letting me talk in your ear for an hour. I appreciate it, and we will see you next week with a fantastic guest. Okay, bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 